Jesus, we worship you today. Jesus, we exalt your name for everything that you are doing. Thank you, Lord, because you are faithful. Thank you, Lord, because there is none like you, Lord. In all, in all the world, there is nobody like you. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and those that dwell in it. Thank you, Jesus, because everything belongs to you. Thank you for those wonderful things that you are doing already. Jesus, we give you all the glory. Jesus, we give you all the honor. Lord, we say that you should take control of everything we are going to be doing today. The word of God, the prayers, and everybody that will be part of the program today. Let every one of them be blessed. Lord, let everyone be touched. Let them be touched by your hands. Let your hands come upon them, Lord. Let their life be transformed, Lord. Let there be transformation in their life, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Everyone that will be part of the program today, let them have an encounter with you. A mighty encounter. A encounter that they will never forget. Let them have an encounter with you today. Lord, what you have started yesterday, that you are going to complete it. You that you have begun a good work, you are going to complete it today. You that you have begun a good work, you are going to increase hunger in everyone. You are going to increase the thirst for you, Lord. They are going to be hungry for righteousness. And they are going to be thirsty for righteousness. Lord, we bless you for what you are going to do today. In Jesus' name, we are prayed. Amen, amen, amen. In Jesus' name. Thank you for being part of the program. Uh, it's a fresh fire program. And then we started yesterday. And then we'll continue today believing God. And we're going to be finishing tomorrow. And I believe that God has been blessing you. And I believe that you are engaging as the Lord is ministering to you. Every word that comes to you, you don't just ignore it. I want us to work on it. Because the more you work on the word of God, the more you expand itself, it reveals itself to us. We've been dealing with uh, hunger for being hungry for Jesus. And today I'm going to be talking about the, how can we increase our hunger for Jesus. And then we are going to be looking at some examples of people that uh, God used in the Bible. And uh, what did they do to get hungry for Jesus? How did they get hungry for Jesus? That they do mighty things. And then we are also going to apply that to our life because it's time for us to get hungry for Jesus. God wants to do more and is looking for vessels to pour himself into in this end time. But we ourselves must be hungry for Jesus. I'm going to start by looking at the example of uh, uh, Moses and the children of Israelites. If we open our Bible to Exodus chapter 32, we're going to be looking at the story of when they came out of wilderness. They came out of the wilderness and then Moses went ahead to seek God. But something happened in Exodus chapter 22 where the people became so weary and they were not hungry for God again. And they decided to choose for themselves another God. And that's one thing we have to notice that the moment you are not hungry for Jesus, uh, the hunger that you have for Jesus will be replaced by another thing. You have to begin to watch your life. What are you hungry for now? Because the Bible says we cannot serve two masters. It's either you serve God or you serve another God. So it can be money, it can be anything. But when you are not hungry for Jesus, the devil will replace the love that you have for God, the hunger and everything that you are doing for God is going to replace with another thing. It's going to make you busy with another thing. It's not like, okay, God is removed and then there is no other thing to replace it. The devil has a tactic in replacing God. He's going to find a way to replace God and make you so busy with other things. So if you look at what is going on in Exodus chapter 22, and we're just going to read from verse 1 to 6 and look at what happened there. What did the people do? Moses went into the presence of God because he was hungry. And then he was there for 40 days and 40 nights. And then the children of Israel, because they didn't see Moses and they didn't trust God, they could not wait for God. They got weary and they began to do another thing. They chose a God for themselves. Let's look at what the Bible says in Exodus chapter 32. And then I'm going to read from verse 1 to 6. And we're going to look at that together with some other examples of uh, those that were weary in, uh, in being hungry for God. And they began to look for other options. Let's go what the Bible says. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mountain, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Make us gods 
which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us out of the land of Egypt, we ought not what is become of him. And Aaron said to the people, Break off the golden hearing, which are in the ears of your wives, and of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people broke off the golden hearings which were in their ears, and brought them unto Aaron. And he, he received them at their hands, and fashioned it with a graving tooth. Father, he made it a, a mountain calf, and said, they, and said, This be thy God, O Israel, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early in the morning, offered burnt offering, and brought peace offering. And the people sat down to eat and to drink, and rose up to play. Look at what is happening in this story that we are reading here. It's an example of a typical believer that believes in God. And because of what is happening now, Moses is their leader. They've seen God manifest in their life. God has done so much thing. They've made their focus to be Moses. Everything they do, they have been seeing Moses leading them. But they didn't understand that Moses was hungry for more of God and he tarried on the mountain. He tarried there. But instead of the people also getting hungry for God, waiting patiently for what Moses is going to bring, they decided to, what? to choose another God for themselves. And that is the same thing I was talking about, that when you become so weary and you are no longer hungry for God or the Word of God, there will be some replacement. Even I've seen some ministers that were preaching the truth, and now they are not preaching the truth again, and you see them preaching and being passionate about other messages. Instead of preaching the gospel, instead of standing for the truth, instead of standing for what the vision of God for their life, but now they deviated from doing the things that Simon that God has given unto them to doing other things. And also we must begin to examine our own life. Am I not hungry for other things? Other things can be seen. Other things can be things of the past. Those things that you no longer do. Those friends that you no longer work with. Those channels that you no longer check again. Uh, those social media that you are no longer using again. And those books that you no longer read, but you find yourself being uh, hungry and passionately desiring those things. Because of the lack of hungry for God. We have to check ourselves. What are you hungry for now? And I want you to understand something. Hunger always drives people. Hunger is, uh, is, a, is a desire. is a feeling that people have. Everyone, when you are hungry for food, for example, you become so passionate. You become agitated. You become anxious looking for food. And whatever you are hungry for, you seek for it. You become passionate for it. You are seeking to get it. So if you are no longer hungry for Jesus and his word, what will happen? You begin to seek other things. Looking at, for example, people that are engaging in fornication, at, uh, smoking, drinking, uh, partying, and other things. They are hungry for those things. Actually, what is driving them is the hunger for those things because their flesh and their spirit desire those things. And because they are dead in their spirit, if they are alive, they will never be hungry for those things. The moment you are going down, you are, you, are, you are dying, you become hungry for the things of this world. But the moment you are alive in your spirit, you become hungry for God. You become so passionate about the things of God. When they talk about prayer, you are excited about prayer. When they talk about the word of God, someone is sharing the word of God, you become so into the word of God. Your spirit uh, become alive and in tune with what the person is saying. It means that you are alive. You are hungry for it. But when you become so dull, when it comes to the things of God, you are not longer uh, excited about the word of God, it, may call, it means that you are no longer hungry. You are no longer hungry. And how do you get back your hunger? It's to seek God. I'm going to be talking about some things that we need to do to make us get our hunger back. First, you need to seek God again. 
You need to seek him like it's your is is all you need. It's all you need. It's all you need. So it comes with your desire. Another example of someone I'm going to talk about, talking about the love for Jesus. And we're going to be looking at the life of Peter. <laughs> Our brother Peter is an example of someone that Jesus had to point out. Peter, do you love me? Let's look at what Peter was doing. When Peter first had an encounter with Jesus, it was when Jesus finished using the boat of Peter and uh, Jesus did a miracle. Finished using the boat of Peter, ministering to the people, and then Jesus also blessed Peter. There is a lesson we can learn there. God never leave you empty. If you release yourself to God, he will use you and also he will bless you. He's not going to use you like uh, someone that is using someone without doing bless. He's going to bless you. As he's using you, he's replenishing you. I've always looked at it. Anytime I minister, I minister, he replenish me back. Anytime. It's most of the time, there will be a word of God being spoken back to me. Or an idea coming back. Or your spirit being refreshing. But if you look at what Luke chapter 5 was talking about, that in verse 8 to 11, Peter had an encounter with Jesus for the first time. And because of the miracle that happened, that Peter labored all night. He's a fisherman. He loved fishing. You know, that is his love. He loved fishing. And now he has labored all night. He could not catch anything. And Jesus did a miracle. And after he saw the miracle, he decided to follow Jesus. You know, some people are following Jesus because of what? The miracle. It means that you are still at the first level of uh, relationship with God. If you are a miracle-seeking person, prophecy-seeking person, know that you are seeking to know him. Know that you are seeking his face, but you are seeking his ends. It's easy to turn back. Because it's going to get to a point when the relationship gets uh, <laughs> tough, that only the miracle will not make you stay. And that's why you look at some churches that uh, they are only based on miracle, seeking for miracle. You see the crowd, but they are babies. Because they are not established in the word of God. But if we want to be hungry for Jesus and we want to grow, we have to go from just seeking miracles. In what Miracles are for the Gentiles, are for the unbelievers. We know God. Miracles is not a surprise to us. Miracles bring people to Christ. But now, if miracles bro have brought you to Jesus, you have to grow yourself, get the knowledge of who Jesus is, and be established. And now you will grow. You become so hungry, not for miracles, you become so hungry to know Jesus. How I cannot know his ways? You know, I cannot know his ways. Look at what the Bible says uh, in verse 11 of that Luke chapter 5. I don't want us to read throughout the whole story. Uh, the Bible says, in let's, let's, let's look at verse 8 of that Luke chapter 5. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knee, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. But if you look at verse 11, it says, and when they had brought those sheep to land, they forsook all and followed him. Peter did what? He saw the miracle. He knew that he was a sinner. Now he forsook everything. And he decided to follow Jesus. You know, Jesus told uh, Peter that you will, not be fishers, you will not be fishing for fish. You will be fishers of men. And Peter understood the message. You know, maybe God has given you a vision too. He told you what is your assignment is. He has given you an assignment of what you need to do. But what are you doing with the assignment that he has given unto you? Are you still working on it? Or are you deviating from working on the assignment and working on your own assignment? Are you still working on the assignment of God? Because as long as you work on his assignment, he's going to keep you in Christ. But if you deviate from it and you get tired, weary, and you begin to seek your own assignment, very soon your assignment, your own assignment is going to engulf you, take you over, and you become in love with your own assignment that you forgot the assignment of God. But if you look at Luke chapter 21, I mean John chapter 21, I want us to look at all the years of Peter, Peter kept following Jesus, kept following him, he saw all the miracles. He saw the work of the mighty hands of God. He saw everything. He has seen the power of God. He has followed him. He followed him to the point that he died. The Bible talks about that uh, he betrayed Jesus three times. 
But after Jesus resurrected, something happened again. The love, for the love of Peter was tested. And we saw Peter going back to those things that he had passion for. It means that Peter is not following Jesus because he loved Jesus and he understands the mission, but now he's following Jesus because of what he is receiving, because of the identity, because of what he knows about Jesus. Let's look at what the Bible says in John chapter 21. John chapter 21, we will just read from verse 1 to 6, and we will also look at uh, verse 15 and 17. And I want you to focus your attention on John chapter 21. Maybe you are part of those people that are like Peter in this scenario, that you are beginning to have this. You are beginning to have this kind of attitude that Peter was having in John chapter 21. It says, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and to this wife showed he himself. They were together, Simon Peter, Thomas, called Demius, and Nathaniel of, Can um, of Cana in Galilee, and the son of Zizabeth, and the two others of the disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I go fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. And they went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood at the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said unto them, Children, have ye enemies? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and they find, they cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fish. There is something we need to focus on and looking at this story. The Bible makes us understand that Jesus resurrected. Jesus has appeared to them. This is the third time that Jesus is appearing to them after he resurrected. They knew that Jesus is alive. But now they don't see themselves being, uh, being determined to follow what Jesus was doing before. Jesus was preaching from one village to another, walking from one place to another, preaching. But now, because Jesus is no longer there with them, Jesus is appearing and disappearing. Jesus is coming and going, and they find themselves just idle, and they don't find anything interesting again. Peter, that should be the leader to find them, these people, to push these people to go and do the assignment that Jesus has given unto them. We saw what Peter said. To the people, he said in verse 3, he said, Peter said unto them, I go fishing. He went back into his Adamic assignment. He went back into his past. You know, when we were reading Luke chapter 5, we saw that in verse 11, Peter, Peter just abandoned everything and did what? And followed Jesus. Peter abandoned everything. After he saw the miracle, after Jesus had spoken to him, and he said, I'm leaving everything, I'm leaving my assignment, and I'm following you. I'm following Jesus. He abandoned all his, his friends that were fishermen. I believe that they would call Peter. Ah, Peter, are you not going to do this work again? He said, no, no, no. I'm now a follower of Jesus. I'm a disciple of Jesus. I love Jesus. I enjoy this. I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm going to do the same assignment. Peter was just having this kind of uh, uh, desire, hunger. There was hunger there. Peter would follow Jesus to everywhere. It's not like they were making money, but they enjoyed what they were doing. They have passion in what Jesus was doing. They saw him as their leader. They saw the same vision that Jesus had. And they find themselves in the same vision that, yes, I can do this. And they are doing it. They saw the miracles. The Lord did many things to them. But now, their hunger is not for the work of God again. Their hunger now is for the things of this world. Is it bad to do those business? No. But now Jesus has called them out separated them and told them that this is your assignment now. Your assignment now is to do my work. Your assignment now is to go and uh, preach to people. Preach to them about the kingdom. Let them know what my intention is. 
Let them know how much God loved them. But we saw Peter here going back to his assignments. He is weary. He no longer loves Jesus. He no longer loves his assignments. Maybe you are also like that. You no longer love the Bible. You get tired of reading the Bible. You get tired of praying. You get tired of fellowshipping. You get tired of preaching. You are just tired of everything. You, just, you are just weary because of everything that is going on in the whole world. You are weary because of what people are saying. You are weary because of the friends that you left. You saw what God is doing in their life, what is going on in their life, and you find yourself like, how can I know God and be in this position? Okay, maybe I will just join them. Maybe I will just abandon uh, the things I'm doing for God. Maybe I will just abandon all these things that I have hunger for. That I'm always saying that I love Jesus. And they saw me carry the Bible. And they saw me pray. And they are looking at me that, oh, this is a leader. This, ah, this is just a follower of Jesus. But now, there is weariness in your spirit. There is weariness in your mind. Because of what? Lack of love. See, I've seen people that, are, that, that love food. And when it comes to food, they can do anything for that food. I've seen people that love music. When it comes to music, wherever they hear the music, wherever, the, the, the desire, the passion for music just spring up in them. That's the same thing. When you love Jesus, everything about the kingdom becomes interesting to you. Love is not uh, uh, is willingly. It's like when you love someone, if you're in a relationship with someone, literally they don't need to force you to say you want to call the person, you want to do anything for the person. Even you will make some sacrifice uh, for the person because out of love. And that is what Jesus expects us to have. He wants us to love Him. Out of love, you do some things. Out of love. You are not, there is no compulsion. There, there is no forcing. It's, it's not a label. When you love someone, it's not a label. They are not forcing you to do anything. Out of love, you just give. If the person says, I want this, you will find a way to get it done. Because you love. That is the same thing that is being tested here. And when you are getting weary, you have to check it. Your love for Jesus is getting decreased. You remember when God was speaking to them in Revelation and was talking to the people there, he said, you have forsaken your first love. He didn't say you have forsaken your assignment. He said you have forsaken your first love because it's challenging their love. Peter, Paul was talking uh, to the people of uh, Macedonia and, and uh, Corinthians, talking about how much they give, how they were giving themselves to to, to the things of God. They were giving their money. They were giving their resources. But they were doing those things because they love. He said they did it generously. When you do something generously, it means you love that thing. You are not being forced. Whenever you are being forced, it means that it's not out of love. It's out of compulsion. It's out of force. And God is not expecting us to do anything for him out of force because you are going to get weary at the point when your expectation that you have is not being met. The expectation you are having is not being met. Your love might go weary and you might go back. But if you genuinely love someone with commitment to the work of God, to the assignment, to what you know about him, even when you get weary, you still continue. Say, follow me. But let's look at what the Bible is saying uh, in verse... Uh, before we go to verse 15, look at what Jesus called them. In verse 5 of this John chapter 21, he said, he called them children. He called them children. Being called children, it means that what? They are myopic. They don't understand. They have little knowledge. And they are doing the wrong thing. That's why you say, ah, little children. Because you see that they are not mature. Maybe we are also, you are also performing and, and doing the things of God like a child. Because you are myopic in knowledge, you are ignorant, you are not exercising maturity, there is no commitment, there is no understanding. You know what Paul was saying? He said, when I was a child, I talk like a child. I understand like a child. But when I became mature, I threw away childish things. When I became mature, I did what? I threw away childish things. Let's look at what the Bible is saying that Jesus is telling Peter, the leader, <laughs> in uh, John chapter 21, 
we look at verse 15 to 17, I want you to focus your attention on this. What Jesus told Peter here. Focus your attention on it. John chapter 21, 15 to 17 says, So when they had dined with Jesus, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, look at it, son of Bajanah, love thou me more than this? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he said unto him, Feed my flock. Verse 16, And he said unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Bajanah, love thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. The last Verse 17 says, And he said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Bajanah, love thou me. Peter was grieved because he said unto him three times, Love thou me. And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things, that thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. Look at Jesus emphasizing on what? Love. Jesus was not emphasizing on other things. He's talking about the love of Peter. Jesus is speaking to you today, challenging your love for him. He's challenging our love for him. Look at, I've not seen Jesus calling Peter his full name. <laughs> he wasn't just calling him Simon Peter. He called him to the root where the name comes from, from the family, the son. I have not, not seen it in the Bible when he says the son of Bajanus. But now, Jesus mentioned the name of Simon Peter, even talking to him so that he can understand that I know you and I'm talking to you directly. I want you to understand this mission and this message to you. It says, Simon, son of Bajanus. Love than me more than this. Love than me more than fishing. Love than me more than food. Love than me more than this work. Love than me more than this desire. Love than me more than these feelings. Love than me more than your money. Love than me more than your time. Love than me more than yourself. Do you love me more than these? Oh, all these these can be likened to anything in your life. What do you love God more? Do you love God more than your fiancé or your wife or your husband or your family? Do you love me more than this? More than this? What Peter needs to do is what? To be the leader, to feed the flock, to feed the people. You already told him assignment that your assignment is what? To feed the sheep. You will be fishers of men. And he said unto him that what? I want you to be the leader. I want you to be what? The leader. Lead the people. Feed them. Teach them the word. Preach unto them. It's not an assignment for the pastors alone. It's an assignment for every believer. That you are ready at all time to feed the people with the word of God. But I've always understood something. Do you know that? Out of what I've eaten is what I'm going to feed people. Out of the satisfaction of my spirit is what I am going to feed people. If you look at the eagle or the birds when they are feeding their children, they don't say they have not eaten. They feed their children from their mouth. They put the food, the food from their mouth to their children's mouth. But they have also eaten. It's out of their bond and their, that they are feeding their children with the little things, the, the little crumbs, the little things, the little things. The same thing with you. Out of what you've been fed, is what you are going to feed others. If you don't have anything in you, you won't feed anybody anything. They will come to you and then they will not get anything. They will talk to you and you won't be able to give them any word. Because you have nothing in you. But when you are filled, when you are overflowing in the power of God, in the word of God, with revelation, you will be able to speak to people. You get into their means, you will not be cracking your voice of what I need to tell people. Because you will tell them what God is telling you today. The word of God is supposed to be fresh in our mind. Supposed to be fresh in our spirit. And if the word of God is fresh in you, you feed people with the fresh words. Not the dead one, not the uh, 10 years ago. 
telling stories. You know, I've seen many people when they are preaching or they are talking, they talk about stories and stories and stories and stories and stories. It's good to talk about the experience of what God has done. But what about what God is doing today? What about the things that God is speaking to you today? Do you have anything fresh in your spirit? Are you still hungry for God? What do you what are you talking about? Are you talking about the story of what happened five years ago? That you don't have anything fresh today? Because the word of God is always fresh. If you are hungry for God, you must be hungry every day. You eat every day. Also, our spirit is supposed to eat every day. So, do you love me more than this? I want us to look at uh, another thing when you talk about uh, increasing the hunger for Jesus. I want to talk about make yourself available for Jesus. We don't understand uh, service. Service also... Uh, is a point of increasing our hunger for Jesus. I remember some uh, some times ago, even till now, if someone say, ah, Isaac, will you be able to teach? I never say no. I never say no. Unless I'm too busy that I don't have anything. I'm just too busy that I cannot engage myself. But I never say no. And I look back now, I saw that those things that, those things that make me uh, that trained me, that, that grew me, because every time they give you an assignment, you learn more. Every time that there's an assignment, it's for you to for you to be blessed. Or someone is giving you an assignment in the church, you say, okay, prepare this study, prepare this Bible study. Oh, I want you to go for an evangelism. Oh, I want you to uh, be part of this group. They are giving you an assignment, but those assignments is going to increase hunger in you. It's going to develop hunger in you. An example is David. David was always in service. That was how he knew God more. He was always in service, even if he's not even in service, he was always in, with, his, with his own instrument, just enjoying God, just enjoying. Esther, the same thing. He was just in his service. Look at Samuel. Samuel dwelt in the house of the Lord. And the Bible talks about that Samuel kept serving. Samuel was not even thinking maybe he's going to be a prophet or a priest. He was just in service. And the hunger for Jesus increased. And because of the hunger that he has for Jesus, God increased him and also increased his level of assignment. He was just in service. You know, if you are someone that is running from service or being available to do something for God, your hunger level will be very small. And you will not increase in your hunger and the level of knowledge. I look at someone that is very interesting to me is Joshua. And it's very interesting. I want us to look at Exodus chapter 24. And we look at verse 13. Joshua. I look at how did Joshua became ah, someone that God chose. But we don't know that <laughs> Joshua has always been in service. God doesn't just choose people randomly or suddenly. He looks at people that have been in service. Little things matters. They give you an assignment, you do it. The hunger is developing. You are getting to know him. Before Joshua was chosen, Joshua has always been with Moses. Look at Exodus chapter 24. If you look at verse 13, it says, And Moses rose up, and his minister, Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God. This was when Moses wanted to go to the mountain, uh, for the 40 days time that he spent on the mountain. Moses went with, I mean, Joshua went with Moses. Joshua did not go on the, on the mountain with him. But the Bible talks about that he was at the, at the feet of that mountain. So every time that Moses was spending with God on the mountain, Joshua was also spending the, the same time at the valley. At the feet of the mountain. He was also at the valley. Yes, Moses, Joshua may not know everything that Moses was doing or God is telling to Moses, but Joshua is also having the desire, the hunger to know that God more. He did not just suddenly pick Joshua. Say, Joshua, my servant, in Joshua chapter 1, my servant, Moses is dead. Oh yeah, it's, it's now for you to be the person I'm going to choose. No, it's not just sudden. God did not choose anybody sudden. He gave them an assignment and they are doing it. Their hunger is increasing. Their knowledge of him is increasing. And now he promotes them. After being promoted, he gave them another assignment. He increased them. The Bible talks about glory to glory. 
you have to find some people also. I'm speaking to everybody and wherever you are, you have to find some people also to begin to teach the Bible. Even if it is one person. I remember I started with teaching people Bible. And sometimes I may have one person in my Bible study. I may have two people in my Bible study. And not even concerned about teaching the whole church from where I came from. I teach the whole church, but I'm not even concerned about the church. I'm teaching five people. I'm teaching three people. I'm teaching one-on-one -on -one Bible study. I still have one-on-one -on -one Bible study with people. That is how it started. But the Bible says that Joshua was a minister, was a servant to what? To Moses. The same example is Elisha. The Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 11, it says, Elisha poured water on the hands of Elijah. How did the hunger get fired up? They were in service. They loved to serve. Their hunger was developed for the, for the work of God and to know that God by serving. They don't ignore service. Yes, they're not serving that God directly. They were serving men. But they're, yes, they are serving men. They were gaining experience. They were having that relationship with God by that man. They were a disciple to someone. They humbled themselves to become a servant to someone. And from there, they were learning. And their hunger for Jesus, for God, was increasing. They were getting to know him. That was what pushed Elisha. He's the only one that followed uh, Elijah to the, to the point that he was taken. The 50 prophets that were not in service, then directly in service to Elisha, Elijah, they did not follow. They did not get what Elijah, Elijah got. They just saw that now the spirit of Elijah rests upon Elisha. But Elijah got it by what? By the love for service. By the love to please God. Another thing that is going to increase your hunger for Jesus is eliminate distraction. The enemy's tactics, if you cannot shift your attention from your assignment, is going to bring distractions. And distractions are, can be in different form. I remember one time, long ago, not too long, that I find myself just spending my time watching a series. For two weeks, I don't know what, what was wrong with me. I did not even examine myself. Uh, I was just from one series to another. From one series to another. I finished one series. Before I know it, I'm starting another one. The enemy is just bringing series to me. And the, the desire for series was just there. I'm just sitting down like this. And I will watch and watch the 2 a.m. Not praying, not doing anything. Just watching series. Not knowing that the enemy is replacing my hunger for the things of God with just series. How can I sit down with series? What did I learn from those series? I know sometimes uh, I may watch some documentary which I learn from, which is better, but not spending my whole day, more than 12 hours on watching series. Finish the series from season one to five, finish everything, watch another one, season one to five, watch another one, season one to five, and I sat down, I will even sleep on it. Look at how the enemy is so wise in bringing what? Distraction. is a way that the enemy finds a way of reducing your hunger for the main purpose why you are here. From your main assignment, they will use distraction. Distraction can may not be movie. Distraction can be going for occasions. Distraction can be serving. Instead of, there is a difference between serving in the house of God or spending time in his presence. You know, we saw Martha so busy and he was speaking against Mary. That why would Mary be sitting down being hungry for more of the word of God and learning from Jesus? That Jesus should just send Mary and say, come and go and serve. Let's go and cook. Let's just serve. There's no between I'm serving God and I have a relationship with him. Some people are just serving but they don't really have a relationship. They are not on fire. They are just using their body. Yes, you'll be blessed by serving. But your spirit will be weak. Your spirit will not be nurtured by serving alone. Your spirit will be nurtured by spending time with Jesus. By spending time in his word. By meditating on his word. By being in active service to also engage in teaching others what you have learned. Digesting it in others. Putting what you have learned to practice. And helping people also to grow. 
but you can be in destruction. The last thing I'm going to talk about is the enemy can make you so comfortable. So what? Comfort. Look at what happened, and then we are going to pray. Look at what happened in the story of uh, uh, David. It was a time of war. But instead of David going to war, David was comfortable. David had gotten to the point that now I know I have so many generals, you know. I have so many people that can fight in the battle. I don't need to be there. I don't need to be the one giving them words. I just need to enjoy myself. I'm just comfortable. But comfort in the enjoyment can distract you from being comfortable in the word of God. You can be comfortable in enjoying yourself. Another story is talking about the rich man. The rich man finished harvesting. And he said, I'm going to break down my bands. And I'm going to develop another one. And I'm going to say to my soul, Mary, enjoy yourself. What did God told the rich man? Because he has lost the vision now. He said, today your soul, your life will be asked of you. Today you are going to die. Because being comfortable, not being comfortable in serving God, diligent in serving God, but you are comfortable with what? Relaxing and enjoying yourself. Ah, it's the time to enjoy myself. Let's enjoy ourselves. Let's forget about all these stressful things. All these things I've been doing, engaging myself. No, I want, want, I just want to enjoy myself now. I'm not against enjoying yourself. But don't lose yourself in just enjoyment. That you just want to spend time in enjoying yourself. I pray that the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. I believe that the Lord has blessed you through this word that has come to you. And I believe and I know that the Lord is going to increase your hunger for him in this month. And I want you to engage with the word that you've heard. And also teach others this word that you've heard. Because in teaching, you also learn. In teaching, your hunger will increase. When you are ready to teach others to engage with the word of God, the hunger that you have will increase. The hunger that what that you have will increase. When you can pray for others, you will see the desire to pray will also increase in you. You are not just praying for yourself. You are also remembering people in prayer. You are spending time seeing, having a desire and a an hunger for them, for God to deliver them. And God is going to also increase your own hunger for prayer. Instead of spending 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you find yourself spending what? 30 minutes in prayer. Because after you've traveled for your own self, you are traveling for others. You are praying for others. So let us, this month, be in active service. Let us not be passive. I don't want anyone to be passive. Maybe you don't have an assignment that is given to you directly from me. But I want you to pray for an assignment from God. God might tell you, this is what I want you to do from e for every day. And this is what I want you to do at this hour. And I want you to be faithful to it. I remember long ago, very, very long ago, God told me that I should fast once in a day. And I was faithful to that. And that really helped me. And I got to his level again. I had to, I had to be fasting for two times in a week. And I was faithful to it. And I don't, I've done that for many years. But you look at how things are, is what God begins to develop you gradually. The Spirit of God begins to lay on you some assignments, some things to do. And because of what you are doing that you are engaging in, is building your strength, is building your hunger for Him. In Jesus' name we are prayed. I want us to begin to pray right now. And I want you to pray, Lord, increase your hunger in me. And remove every distraction from my ways. Everything that is distracting me, Lord, remove them today. And I want you to increase the hunger that I have for you today. Lord, I want to be faithful to your things, for your word, for your service. Let's begin to pray. Jesus, thank you, Lord, because you have spoken your word to us today. Thank you because you have blessed us through your word. Thank you for everything that you've done for everyone today. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you are going to increase your hunger for everyone.
I believe that your word has come alive to them and you have touched their life in one way or the other. Lord, I pray that you will increase their hunger for you. Let the hunger for you increase right now in the name of Jesus. And I'm praying in the name of Jesus that every distraction, Every way that the enemy, anything that the enemy is using as a distraction tools for us, Lord, eliminate it. Reveal it to us. Eliminate distraction in the name of Jesus. Every tool that the enemy is using to distract us but being focused on you, Lord, eliminate it in the name of Jesus. Remove distraction from them. Let them be sensitive to the way that the enemy has been attacking their hunger for you. Let them be sensitive to the way that the enemy has been attacking their thirst for you. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. I want you to pray this prayer. Lord, sharpen my spirit. Sharpen me. The Bible talks about high on sharpen high on. If you, are, if you are not sharpened, you might be dead. But Lord, sharpen my spirit today. Let my spirit become alive. Let my spirit become alive. My spirit receive the fire of God. My spirit come alive today. Sharpen my spirit. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you will sharpen our spirit. Our spirit will become alive right now. I declare in the name of Jesus for everyone. Their spirit will become alive right now. You will sharpen their spirit. You will make their spirit alive. You make their spirit sensitive to you. Sensitive to your word. Sensitive to your instruction. In the name of Jesus. Make their spirit alive. Make our spirit alive. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want you to pray, Lord. Kindle my love for you. In every ramification. Jesus was speaking to Peter. Do you love me more than this? Do you love me more than this? Do you love me more than this? I want you to pray, Lord. Kindle my love for you. Let the love of God be planted in me. Plant your love in me today. Kindle the love that I have for you. Let's begin to pray. Lord, I declare in the name of Jesus that you are going to kindle our love for you. Oh, in this church that everyone will be kindled to love you. More than anything, Jesus, make them love you, Lord. I want you to kindle their love for you, Lord. Kindle our love for you. Let us begin to love you more than before. Let us begin to love your word. Let us begin to love prayers. Let us begin to love evangelism. Let us begin to love intercession. Let us begin to love to do your work. To give. To give ourselves and our resources. Lord, help us to love you. Kindle the love that we have for you. Let the love come alive. In the name of Jesus. Let that attitude of love be coming alive right now. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. I want you to pray this prayer. Let your hands come upon me. Lay your hands upon me right now. Let it pray for the hands of God to come upon you. The hands of God come upon you. I want you to look at when the hands of God come upon Elijah. Elijah ran with the strength of God. Let the strength, let your hands come upon my life. Let your hands come upon me today. The hands of the Lord will come upon you and you begin to understand the things of God. And you begin to have the knowledge for the things of God. And you begin to be able to comprehend the things of God. As the hands of the Lord is coming upon you, the hands of the enemy is departing for your life. Let's begin to pray. Jesus, we declare right now, let the hands of God come upon everyone. Let your hands be laid upon everyone. Your hands will come upon everyone today. In the name of Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus that the hands of the Lord will come upon you. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, lay your hands upon us. Jesus, lay your hands upon everyone. Let your hands come upon them. Wherever they may be, Lord. Let your hands come upon them. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. I want you to pray against the forces of darkness around you. Also, demons can make one to be sleeping when it comes to the things of God. Maybe you find yourself sleeping. When it comes to prayer, you just doze off. You, you've not even started praying in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, before you know you are, you are already sleeping. Maybe when it comes to the word of God, you pick up the word of God like this, and before you know it, uh, you are already sleeping. It means that the devil is bringing weariness, sleeping to your spirit and you are going to pray lord 
I command, I bind every demonic uh, work around me. They must cease to work. Every demonic activities around me, I bind them in the name of Jesus. Begin to bind them right now. Every demonic activities around you, that begin to bind them. They must cease to work. Rain down fire upon them. Let the fire of God come upon you. Let the fire of God come up around you. That around you become fire. That the demons cannot bring sleep. They cannot bring weariness to your spirit. Let's begin to pray. Lord, we repute that spirit of weariness. I declare, I bind the activities of the devil around us. I bind the activities of the devil in this church. I bind the activities of the devil in our family. I bind the activities of the devil in our house. Lord, our house become fire. Let our house become fire. Everywhere we dwell, let it become fire. Right now in the name of Jesus. When you want to read the word of God, you don't sleep again. When you want to pray, you don't sleep again. The Lord will rekindle you in the name of Jesus. The Lord will rekindle the disease the for prayer, the disease for the word of God, the disease to do the service for God. The Lord begin to rekindle it in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we are prayed. I want you to pray this last prayer, Lord. Heal me from every kind of infirmity. Lord, begin to heal me. Heal, pray for healing. That God should heal you from every kind of infirmity. Infirmity will begin to disappear. Infirmity will begin to disappear. Because we cannot dwell in infirmity and still be serving God. We cannot dwell in that. We cannot be afflicted in our spirit or in our soul and still say we are serving God. Heal me right now. Let's begin to pray. I declare in the name of Jesus. Healing from every kind of infirmity upon everyone. Lord, they are delivered from every kind of infirmity. Every kind of infirmity in their life. They are being healed right now. In the name of Jesus, I declare healing upon them from every way that the enemy is afflicting them. Infirmity in their body, infirmity in their business, infirmity in their spirit, infirmity in the family. Lord, I command them to cease to work. You will bring healing right now from every kind of infirmity. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Let's begin to thank God for what God has done today. I want us to begin to thank him because he has done it. Everything we have prayed. Your spirit is coming alive. You begin to see yourself coming alive again. You begin to see yourself being rekindled. You begin to see the zeal of God coming upon you. You begin to see the spirit of God working in you. You begin to see you being able to understand things that you've not been able to understand before. You begin to see yourself having wisdom. Or you begin to see yourself having revelations that you have never had before. Because the power of God is working in your life. Because the hunger for Jesus has come back. Let's begin to thank you for what God has done. Jesus will bless you for what you have done today. We give you all the glory because you have done it. Today also you have blessed us. Today also we have been nourished. Today also we are not the same again. Today also our spirit is energized. Our spirit is, uh, 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 is, is being rekindled. Today also you are touching our life. Today also you are touching our sight. Today also you have rekindled the passion that we have for you. Today also you have rekindled the hunger that everyone has. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done today. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise. Thank you for the testimony that is going to come. As the program is going on, you are doing wonders. Wonders are happening. Blessings are coming. Everything that is dead is coming alive. Thank you, Jesus, for what you are doing. Lord. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we have prayed.